Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. your eating routine, or you're just feeling a little bit lost with your general healthy habits recently, and you wish you could refocus and practice what really matters for your PCOS easily without too many food rules, without focusing on food too much at all, actually, today's episode is going to give you a sense of direction and some easy practical ways to get back on track. I will be sharing the top principles you need to focus on in order to prioritize both your physical and mental health, reduce PCOS symptoms, and feel like you're making progress on your health journey, even right now during summer where everyone's schedules are off. There's more socializing right now. Food is not exactly the same as it is during the year when you're in your routine. And so what I'll share with you today are very easy, practical, sustainable tips. And the best part, many of them are free and do not require any special skills or equipment. It just takes consistency and determination and a plan on your part. So this is a recording of a recent coaching call from inside my program, Reset Your PCOS. So throughout this episode, what you'll hear is some of the ladies, they're chiming in, they're putting things into the chat. So I'll be reading some of the comments that they shared in the chat. And the way that these calls go usually is that we talk about a specific topic. So the topic of this call was how to stay on track, 10 easy principles to stay on track. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of them are not even food related. And oftentimes during these calls, I'll have the participants do some work to help them really implement what they're learning and take action. So I want you to do the same. What I want you to do is grab a piece of paper and or open your notes app and try to follow along with the prompts that I gave the ladies on the call, because it's going to help you walk away from this episode with a mini plan for staying on track. So there are even a few times in the episode where I set a time. I think there's one or two times when I give you time to write things down. So there's a few moments of silence because I was setting a timer and I'm giving everyone time to reflect and write down some things. Try to do this. And don't just fast forward because when you do this, when you take the time, instead of just hearing these concepts and learning them theoretically, you'll actually write them down and you'll practice them so that you walk away from the episode which with some actionable steps, okay? So unless you're driving or on the treadmill, Take out a piece of paper, open the notes app on your phone and try to follow along with the prompts on the call. And then definitely pay attention to some of the comments and things that the women have shared, because I think you may be able to relate to them. And I hope you find it valuable and enjoyable and let's get right into it. So I have 10 things. The first one is honor your own body's clock. And I've talked about this a lot, but this is something that I feel like we all need to work on because we tend to ignore it. So in your brain, there is a clock that your body runs by basically. So everything, including your hormones, your mood, your weight, your energy levels is related to that body clock. And it's called a circadian rhythm. We talked about this before. And so I want you to really think about taking the time to honor that and really 
allow this clock to work well for you. And that means you're getting good sunlight exposure during the day. When you wake up, the first thing you do is you try to go outside or you try to get some natural light at least 30 minutes per day. Okay. The second thing is the opposite. When it's nighttime, we're not like getting all the lights on and going on all the devices and staying up until 12 or 1 a.m. Most people's chronotype, your body's clock works in a way that allows you to fall asleep optimally between 10 and midnight. Okay. So if you're someone who goes to bed way later than that, this is a good one to work on because when you stay up and you kind of force your body to continue activity, past your optimal sleep time, it messes up your hormones completely. So if you've ever gotten a poor night's sleep and the next day you were hungry, you were cranky, you had all these cravings, of course, your energy, you were kind of irritable. It's all because of your hormones. So let's kind of honor that, get the sunlight exposure that you need at night, dim the lights, do some things that are helping you calm down, that's going to really help you. And then try to get to bed somewhere in those hours. Say, I'd love to know what time you go to bed. So put it into the chat, like your average bedtime, what time you go to bed and what time do you wake up? Most people really need the full seven, eight, maybe even nine hours. And the ideal timing is somewhere around from 11 to seven or something like that. Okay. Maria says 10. That's great. Rochelle says 9.30 to 10. Great. So those are really very much ideal. Sandra says during school year, 1030 and awake at 630. Okay, great. So it would probably be best, Sandra, for you to try to mimic that schedule, give or take throughout the summer. I know you usually probably sleep much later than that in the morning. As long as the bedtime is not too, too late, I think that's good. (laughs) No comment, right? Okay, 11 p.m., wake up at five. So that's six hours. You probably could add maybe, you know, another, try to go half hour, 45 minutes earlier so you can get closer to seven. That's a minimum. So six hours is kind of little. Midnight to eight or nine. Okay, that's still pretty good. That's pretty good. 4 p.m. to 9 a.m. That's five hours. That's not great. 4 p.m. to 9 a.m. Why is it not registering? How many hours is that? When I come back from my shift, I go to sleep at like 9 a.m. and then wake up at 4 p.m. Oh, oh, you wake up at 4 p.m. To go from 9 to 4. Okay, got it. Yes. So that's seven hours. That's better. But the the timing is a little different. Okay. All right. So let's kind of keep that in the back of your mind. The sleep, the light exposure, all of those things are really important. I have a podcast episode coming out about this. It's a very interesting conversation. So what is your bedtime goal? Are you going to stay with your bedtime? Are you going to try to change it? Can you get within the seven to nine hour range? Most of you are in there, but if anyone here or someone watching the replay is not, I want you to have a bedtime goal and think about that. Number two is eat enough. And at regular intervals. So that's the title that I wrote. What it means in practice is no skipping. Three meals, one snack work best for most people. It also means that you're not skipping, but you're also not having one big meal all day long when you're grazing and snacking and you're taking a handful of this and a little piece of that. We want to consolidate the meals as much as you can. So three meals, regular intervals, ideally about four hours between and the one snack or two snacks. If your day is a little bit longer, that is great. 
Other than that, try to not eat between your meals. That's not great for your insulin levels. So if you can taper that off a little bit and then have that even spacing. So I want everyone to think about their ideal meal timing. Okay. So put into the chat, what does your ideal meal schedule look like? What time are you having breakfast, lunch, dinner, and your one or two snacks? Are you someone who needs a bedtime snack or do you prefer to have just the one afternoon snack? Are you someone who has you know, an early breakfast and finishing early? Or are you someone who likes to start a little later in the morning and then eat dinner maybe around 7 or 8 p.m. or, you know, something along those lines? I'm going to tell you, ideally, all of that food should be contained within 10 to 12 hours just to keep your body in the optimal metabolic zone. So 10 to 12 hours, how would it distribute across the day? Okay. Rochelle says breakfast at 8.30, lunch 12 to 1, snack 3 to 4, dinner 6 to 7. Yeah, that's like that textbook perfect schedule. And most people can swing that. So I like that schedule a lot. That's very similar to what I do. Uh, Breakfast around 10 or 11. So a little bit later. That's good. Lunch then 3 to 4 hours later. That's great. And then seven to eight. Do you not usually eat snacks? Like maybe one snack or maybe, you know, maybe a dessert. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Maria says, I try to have breakfast around seven. 10 is a coffee break. 12 is lunch. 3 p.m. is snack. Yeah, and 6 p.m. is dinner. So you see, that's a really good kind of, and because she's eating the breakfast, the coffee break, like it all works. I wouldn't want anyone to have coffee and be uh, going on an empty tank for hours just with their coffee. But she had the meal. She does a coffee break that kind of bridges her to lunch and then a snack at 3 p.m. and a dinner. Great. Okay, Kyla says 6.30 to 7 is breakfast. Yeah, very similar. 3 to 4 p.m., but I skip it a lot. 6.30-ish is dinner. Yeah, so if you find yourself busy in the afternoon, you may want to have some stuff in your purse or even in your car. I know you're in Florida, so let's not do anything that that could melt, but maybe nuts or something like that where you can have it with you wherever you are. If you're not feeling hungry, you know, if sometimes when we're busy, It's actually, we feel okay. So I would notice how you're feeling. If you're coming, you know, arriving at dinner famished and really tend to overeat at that time, maybe you do need that snack. But if you're feeling okay, you can hydrate. It can be okay. So it all depends on how it works for you. Sandra says nine to 10 is breakfast, lunch around 12 to 1.30 and snack between that and dinner, I assume. And then dinner around 6.30 to seven. Okay, great. So you're all pretty much on a good schedule. Again, the more consistent you can be with it, even if you're traveling, the better. Okay, so that was number two, eat enough and at regular intervals. Number three is eat what feels good now and later. That's the key. Does it feel good now, but also gonna feel good later? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. So that's related to what Rochelle mentioned, where, you know, if you're having a meal out or you're doing something that's a little bit off your normal routine, just make sure that you ask yourself, like, how do I feel about this? I really want this. It's delicious. It's what I've been craving. What's going to feel good later? Maybe it's this food, but in a smaller portion. Maybe it's this food, but with something on the side that rounds it out a little bit, like extra protein or a salad, right? So think about how is this going to feel? Yeah, it's going to be delicious, but is it going to feel good later? Like, how do I want my body to feel? What are the foods that feel good in my body? Don't give me cravings. Don't make me sluggish. Don't make me feel like I'm, you know, having brain fog or whatever it may be. So that's a really good question to ask. 
what do I enjoy eating? What do I want to eat that's going to feel good now and later? Number four is move your body every day. I don't care in what way. Really doesn't matter. Walking, Zumba, swimming, taking the stairs, walking your dog an extra, you know, walk, which I'm sure your dog's going to love, like whatever it may be, make it a point to move your body. And here's the thing, do it early, do it first thing. Okay. So I always tell people, many of you have heard of eat the frog, right? Do the thing that you know, you want to do, but you sometimes don't feel like it first, get it out of the way. Do it and be done. Move on with your day. Movement definitely falls into that category for me, at least. So if you have the plan of walking outside or going to the gym or doing a video at home on an app or whatever, biking, whatever you enjoy doing right now, that's going to move your body and prevent you from sitting. That is great. Do it early. Do it first. Be done. Move on. Feel good about it. It really sets the tone for the rest of the day. Okay. Because if you wake up, and especially if you're off or you have a more lenient schedule in the summer and you wake up and you're kind of like taking your sweet time and then you go to the couch and you start watching TV, before you know it, you're not going to want to get up. The day's going to be pretty much over. You're not going to want to go out and do the things. And that just feeds into low energy. Okay. So I'm all about let's get it done. Eat the frog. Do it early. Feel great. And then you can do whatever you want for the rest of the day. I like my kids with homework. That's what I say. Do it now. Then you can do whatever you want. And they say no, but hopefully you're going to do it. Okay. Move your body every day. We talked about that. Okay. Let's talk about mindset. Set boundaries with people. Okay. I want you to close your eyes. And the first person that comes to mind that you need to now set boundaries with. Don't tell me who it is. Close your eyes and think about that person. What is this person doing that makes you feel like you need to set boundaries with them? How do they make you feel? What things are they requesting of you? What demands do they have on your time, your energy, your mental capacity? What are some of the things that the emotions that come up with this person that make you have a little pit in your stomach when they call you, or maybe you're just like feeling depleted when they leave? whatever that those types of things, whatever comes up, whoever that person is, I want you to think about setting a very firm boundary with that person. And that could look like having a conversation with them and telling them how you feel. That could be limiting the time you hang out with them. So, you know, you could be like upfront and very genuine and tell them, listen, this isn't working for me. XYZ reason. Here's how we could have a, a better communication or a better relationship, or this is what I feel would be best for me, or limiting your time with them, or making sure that whatever they make you feel negatively about, you don't discuss. You discuss this set of topics, but not this one. Okay. Whatever that boundary needs to look like, whether it's time, energy, topics, conversations, language, whatever it may be, I want you to think about having that intention of protecting your mental health and energy with that specific person, or it could be a situation. Okay. Setting boundaries is really, really important. The other thing is that I want you to use some of your time this summer to do things that bring you joy. And that's your three for me. So we did a three for me challenge, a boost a few months ago. And 
I know it's hard to get three for me, three things that bring you joy and are just for you, just for you, for your fun, for nurturing your soul every single day. But I want you to take a minute now to make a list of seven to 10 things that bring you joy. It could be something really small. Like I love to drink coffee, iced coffee in this cup that this cup brings me joy. Okay. Or it could be big things. It could be something, a vacation you have or a place you go to or a person you hang out with. Let's take one minute to write seven to 10 things that you can easily do that bring you joy. I'm going to set a timer. We're not going to read them. Those are private. Those are yours. But I want you to really challenge yourself to find things that you absolutely love and you can do most days. It could be free things. It could be things that cost money. It could be Netflix. It could be, I don't want it to be food related. So something that's not necessarily food related, but it could be coffee related because I know coffee brings a lot of people joy, but not like food. Okay. Okay. That's our timer. Okay. So if you didn't finish the list, I want you to go back to it later and you can even search three for me in our group and a list of things that I suggested as ideas should come up. Okay, so number five was the boundaries. Number six was three for me, okay? Number seven is mindfulness. Mindfulness can look very differently for all of you, but I want you to pick something that grounds you. So some of you have started praying. Some of you have started journaling. Some of you started meditating. Some of you started listening to sleep stories, or just guided meditations on the Calm app, those are all rooted in mindfulness. And mindfulness is hugely important, not only for staying on track, keeping your routines, settling your thoughts, but just for your nervous system to calm you down, to keep you in a space of high energy, high immunity, not, you know, I don't want your nervous system to get all out of whack this summer. So mindfulness is a big one. Not everyone is here is spiritual, so it doesn't have to be or religious or anything like that. It could be just a paragraph that you write in a notebook every morning, or you can use, I gave some of you three prompts that are going to help you if you're not a person who journals. I'm going to put them into the chat. Okay. So if you're not good with journaling, you don't know where to start, you're not sure what to write about. All you have to do is use these three prompts. The first one is, what am I doing well right now? The second one is, what things am I grateful for? Number three is, what do I look forward to in the future? Really simple. That's going to get you going, first of all, in a good direction as far as positivity spark some ideas. Even if you do this for two or three minutes, you're going to feel better. Like you got to feed the positive thoughts through your brain. Okay. Everyone has a negative feedback loop in their brain. What's not going well? Well, how crappy is the weather? How much more do I have to do? How far away am I from my goal? I have so much work. I'm so busy. My schedule is so hectic. That's okay. And some of it may be true. Some of it is definitely not true right? But can we replace, I used to say, let's put a different disc in, but like there's like no, like a CD, like there are no CDs anymore, right? People are like, what? 
a CD. So let's put a different CD in. Okay. I think everyone here should at least know what a CD is. So like, let's change it. Okay. Totally up to you and doable. Your brain actually has the capacity for neuroplasticity. It changes all the time. Okay. We got to tell him, got to tell it how to change. You got to tell your brain where to go. Okay. So that was mindfulness. Number eight is my, the thing that I always say that you probably can't hear me say anymore is prioritize protein and produce. You can't go wrong with that. Protein and produce always work. Okay. So other things can come on your plate and enjoy them and all of that, but protein and produce are a priority always. Staying hydrated is number nine. Easy peasy. Most of you are very well hydrated. Don't forget your spearmint tea. Don't forget, you know, things like seltzers or Iced teas are great in the summer. Just like keep the hydration going. Water is always best, but you know, don't let that slip away. I know a lot of you are, are, you know, Florida and Texas and places that are fairly hot. So make sure you're on top of that. And then number 10 is your internal GPS, which we already talked about. So keep that turned on. Your internal GPS always knows what you need to do next. You got to tune into that. So just like when you get in your car and you make a wrong turn, your GPS doesn't tell you, don't worry about it. Don't go there anymore. Just go back home. It recalculates the route for you. And so you have so many tools and so much knowledge by now that you can be your own GPS. You can tell yourself, what is the next best thing I can do to feel like I'm back on track? Okay. It's not going to be perfect. It may not happen right at the next meal, but can it happen the next day? Okay. So the shortest recovery time is the best, but make sure that you're constantly thinking about keeping your good habits going, even if it's on a low volume. Don't turn it off, right? Stuff may need to be turned down a little, get it like a a makeover, like a different version of it throughout the summer, but don't stop them. It's really hard to get started again if you've completely stopped things. You know, it's kind of like when you work out and it takes a while to build your stamina and then you don't go for a week and you're like back to square one. It's like, oh, my God. Unfortunately, your body really does forget, you know, the progress is it takes time, but then it's very fast to lose it. So if you just keep it on, keep it on a small little fire, but make sure it's still going. Okay. All right. So I'm going to run through them real quick. Let's recap. Think about any questions or comments you have. And then I want to move on to some reflection. Number one was honor your body's clock. Number two was eat enough and at regular intervals. Number three was eat what feels good now and later. Number four was move your body every day. Number five, set boundaries with people. Number six was three for me every day. Number seven was mindfulness. Eight was prioritize protein and produce. Staying hydrated was number nine. And last but not least, use your internal GPS. All right. So those were the 10 tips. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found some of those recommendations valuable. Here's what I suggest you do next. Go ahead and pick maybe three or four things to work on in the next month or so. Maybe one focus area like hydration or protein and produce or meal timing each week. I always recommend building slowly and really giving one habit your full attention for at least a week before adding anything else. So hopefully you wrote these down and now it's time to identify which habits are most important for you. Pick the ones that you're not already doing 
but are doable, meaning pick things that you're not already good with, you're not already mastering, but they should also be doable. Don't, don't pick something that's so far out there and hard to accomplish that's not realistic, okay? I'd love to hear what are the things that you're working on so we can keep this conversation going. So head on over to Instagram and connect with me at pcos.nutritionist.daphna. You can send me a DM and let me know you've listened to this episode and share what resonated most for you today. I'd love to hear it. Thank you so much as always for tuning in and I'll be here next week with a new podcast. Bye for now.